Crimcast Manila is a podcast of creepy stories from around the metro. I'm not your scaredy cat host, Antoinette. This is Misha, but I too love a good ghost story. In this first episode of her fourth season, we're doing something a bit different. Here tonight is Antoinette, your usual host turned subject for this evening to tell her own creepy tales. Welcome Hi. to your show, Antoinette. <laughs> Welcome to my show. <laughs> Thanks for doing this, Misha. How could I say no? Take over somebody's show, put them in the hot seat, you know, just hijack the proceedings. I'm, yeah, I'm totally down for that. Um, <laughs> for anybody keeping track, I was previously a guest um, on Grimcast. I shared a couple of my encounters with the supernatural in the workplace. And uh, I am also the host of Subo Tours and Three Point Landing on this very network by Big Baby Studios. Woo-hoo. But that, enough about me. Let, let's talk about you. Why <laughs> am I interviewing you this evening? Well, the main reason is we wanted to do something different. And I wanted to share why I got into this in the first place. I mean, I have a couple of things that got me interested. Plus, we have like a really recent scary story that happened to us when we were recording the last season. And I wanted to share that too. But maybe a little later once okay. we've warmed up a bit. Okay. So let's start from the very beginning. I hear that's a very good place to start. What started your interest in things like this? Um, I guess just like any your, your regular run-of-the-mill basic Catholic schoolgirl in the early 90s and early 2000s. When, you know, things like The Craft and Buffy and Sabrina the Teenage Witch were really big. And also growing up on, you know, awesome, awesome things like Matilda being like, Ooh, I want to be telekinetic too. Powers, magic in the world. Fairies, amazing. So, yeah, that kind of started it all. And then I started getting into Philippine mythology. And then as you go through school, there's all like the Greek stuff. And, you know, with that comes the dark side of all those stories. So... That was very, very interesting. <laughs> that must have thrilled and, the nuns. Oh, yeah. That also thrilled my very Catholic parents <laughs> at the time. It was very, why are you so dark? This is, this is terrible. You should pray more. And here we are now with a podcast of my own. Well, <laughs> I, I see you have your um, hair done up um, in Wednesday Adam braids. Are you generally dark uh, when you go out into the world? I'm not really sure. I like to think of myself as a ray of fucking sunshine. <laughs> mm-hmm, mm-hmm. But who knows? Who knows, man? Fair enough. Fair enough. And um, a couple, I, I guess growing up, I have heard a couple of ghost stories involving me as a child. Things that I don't really have memory of, which I'm quite happy I don't. Um, but yeah, that was pretty creepy. I remember the first story I heard involving me was I think I was I was young enough to still be seated on my mom's lap in the car because before Uh kids could ride you know on the front seat with your parent you know on their lap which you know is quite unsafe but Mm -hmm. you know we Mm -hmm. could do that before and at the time I only had one other sibling who was a baby seated in the back Mm -hmm. Um, and from what I remember uh you know do you know the ramp on the film center. Yeah. Yeah. And that's, that was like on, on the way home for us. And my mom was the one recounting the story to me. And my dad used to like going up on the ramp and going down really fast and pretending it was a roller coaster. Like, ooh, 
wee roller coaster, mm-hmm. you know, just for shits and giggles. And right. we had gone up the ramp and gone down and I was sit- seated on my mom's lap facing backwards. And apparently I had said to her while looking at one of the windows and like pointing at one of the windows of the film center, like the facade going, Mama Mumu. <laughs> and Ooh. I, this is one of the stories that I have no memory about. Which I'm glad. That's probably but for then, the best. Probably for the best. And then from my mom's recollection, my dad would just stared at me and just put his foot further on the accelerator. Drove faster away. For anyone who's not familiar, of course, the film center is no stranger to ghost stories. The legend goes that because construction was so rushed that mm-hmm. an entire floor collapsed, taking with it many, not all, of the construction workers who were mm-hmm. there at the time. And mm-hmm. because the schedule for the building of the, cons- for the construction of the film center was so tight, they just put cement over mm-hmm. all the bodies and didn't bother trying to extricate anybody. And the legend goes that their spirits are still trying to get out. Yeah, that, so, was, that was pretty terrible. Yes, I can imagine. I hear the film festival went off without a hitch, though, that they were rushing for in the first place. And then for some reason, like, it just kind of fell into disuse, you know? Like, it's just there. I I mean, the last time I passed by, there was, like, this amazing show that's literally what it said on the title. Mm-hmm. Yep. Or amazing, the, the, wonderful show. The signage is still there. The amazing show. I don't know what it is. I feel no need to find out what it is. I find… I would not find any excuse to go into that building, to be perfectly honest. Yeah, and I heard there were a couple of like ghost explorers or spirit questers who tried to go in there and investigate. And nothing turned out pleasantly, of course. But I hear, um, if I'm not mistaken, over the last five years or so, that documentary crews actually went in with x-ray equipment. Mm -hmm. And they found no evidence of human remains. I wonder who sponsored those documentaries. That's a good question. (laughs) (laughs) But let's not get into conspiracy theories. Let's not. Okay. um, (laughs) You said there were two incidents in your childhood. What was the other one? Well, I'm not sure actually if I said two. I just remember a couple. Okay. Um, The other one, it wasn't really involving me per se, but I was around. Mm -hmm. Um, It was when my third sister was just born. Mm-hmm. And she was just brought home from the hospital. I remember this because I guess I was old enough. Mm-hmm. And she was just nonstop crying the whole night. And there was a wake. You know how sometimes people hold wakes in their houses. Like, you know, the coffins there and everything. And, you know, people just hang out the whole night playing mm-hmm. cards and drinking Zesto. Mm-hmm. And my sister would not stop crying. And so my my parents were like, what is happening? And then, but the person whose wake it was, um, she was like an old maid. Mm -hmm. And her habit or what she would do is just kind of stare out the window all day and just people watch. Right. And what they were saying was she had taken a liking to my sister. Are you like, you know, ooh, cute new kid, coochie coo. Right, right. Um, so I th- I'm not sure how they dealt with it. I think they just, you know, kind of prayed a lot and tried to appease the what, lady what, spirit. Was it a relative or a family no, friend? No, it was just a neighbor. Um, you know, a friendly neighbor. 
Right. I don't recall. I don't recall. I don't remember her specifically, but that that was that story. Then okay. there were a couple of other, other stories growing up. Um, the house that we grew up in, which was an ancestral house, mm-hmm. old, old house, like right. literally the house of my grandfather's grandfather from what I remember. They say it used to, it was, it's so old, it used to be a bahay kubo, like back in the day. Okay. And it's, it's a really, really old part of Paranyake. I think the oldest part of Paranyake. Mm-hmm. It's so old that, you know, somehow you're related to everyone on the street. It's someone's <laughs> cousin's mom's second uncle or whatever. Ah, uh, yes. That guy. Yeah, that, that guy. <laughs> but um, everybody sort of related. And I, do remember, and I do remember that the house, it had its own fair share of ghost stories. Like my mom's story is that my grandfather's father still kind of is in the house. I've not personally see. seen him, nor do I care to. Mm-hmm. Um, but he is apparently known to always wear white. Mm-hmm. And... Mm-hmm. Because um, he used to be a driver for a Spanish guy, a Castilla at the time. So right. his uniform was like all white and like a white um, polo or barong Tagalog or something. Or polo barong rather. And so he's always, he's always kind of been there. And allegedly he shows himself to helpers who are about to do something wrong. So Define and his wrong. Fav- like steal something… Ooh. Do something untoward to the children, maybe. We've had wow. a few. We, okay. We've had a okay. fair share of uh, helper horror stories. Well, that's but not those so are bad. real people. So. That's not so bad. He's still looking out for you then. Yeah, which is kind of nice. But that apparently his favorite hangout is the stairs. So it's a bit of a nightmare trying to get water in the middle of the night. <laughs> you know what you can do? Just… Just bring a pitcher upstairs. Eventually, I did start doing that when I realized, yeah, why don't I just do that? <laughs> and <laughs> that was also the house where I would get a lot of sleep paralysis when I would sleep in the particular bed that was assigned to me. Fun. Oh, I hate it when that happens. Yeah. And, uh, you know, it's the whole can't move, can't open eyes, you know, waking up in a panicky state. and. Mm-hmm. Not necessarily seeing anything, thank Christ, but um, mm-hmm. not not altogether pleasant anyway. But and eventually, it just started getting old. The whole sleep paralysis, waking up super panicked. That I do remember waking up at one point, and I was just so exhausted from school, and I just needed the sleep. And I remember thinking, well, I can't move my pinky. I can't seem to do anything to wake me up. So if this is it, and I don't wake up in the morning. Well then, goodbye world. And then I just went back to sleep. I woke up the next day, obviously. And here we are. Good to know. <laughs> when, Good to know. When I used to get um, that kind of thing, sleep paralysis when I was a kid, um, I would not see figures in white or figures in black. I mean, mm-hmm. I wouldn't see anything really. So it was mm-hmm. just more the fear of not knowing what was there. You just felt right. that something was there. And hand to God, when I was a kid, that thing that was there that I would always uh, think was watching me or about to pounce or whatever, just out of frame, would mm-hmm. be that, that, that haunted painting from Ghostbusters 2. <laughs> Seriously? <laughs> yes, yes. I was scared of that stupid thing. I, I don't defend it. <laughs> you, know, but, you know, it was scary for the time. Okay. So you said that you don't necessarily remember those encounters. You never saw your grandfather. Mm-hmm. But do you personally, do you believe in that in the supernatural? Do you believe in ghosts? 
Is that something, you know, that you put stock in? I mean, you have this podcast, obviously. But are you, are you personally, are you a believer? I believe that there are things that we don't understand. And I think it's completely arrogant for us to discount anything that we don't fully have a grasp on. And, you know, it's, it's, it's super arrogant to say that you understand everything that goes on in this world and all the realm of possibility. Like, who knows? There might be humans on the next planet. Mm-hmm. I don't mm-hmm. know. But, you know, since we don't know everything, maybe there are ghosts. Maybe there are elementals. Maybe there are. There is that old man who lives on an ant hill. You know? I mean, these things, these things are stories that have lasted generations. And whether or not the current version of the story or the myth is as true as it can be, it came from a seed of truth somewhere. And so I really think that whatever, you know, the myth or the story or the legend as it goes is today, there, there, it came from some sort of truth. So I don't know if that's, you know, it's far or close to what we know of it now, but I think the best way to say is, I don't know. I don't know if it's true. I don't know if it's not true. But more importantly, I can't say definitely that it's a no. So, Well, on that yeah. note then, do you have um, any personal experiences of your own? What was your earliest personal recollection of a brush with the supernatural? Or at least something you couldn't explain? Well, the earliest one was that one at the film center. But the thing is, I don't remember that. That's what was related. No, th- that, that's what I said. The one, the one that you remember. The one that I remember from childhood. Mm. Mm-hmm. Well, I mean, I think a lot of those early, early years in school. Um, mm-hmm. I've, doc- I've, I've, I've mentioned this some on the show with some of my guests who come from the same school as I do. The school itself Sainsko was like located you know in the in the area of La Salle Vita Cruz and you know in historically it is one of the hotbeds of activity because it was quite it, it saw a lot of trauma during the Japanese occupation and similarly to that whole stretch of street all the schools there have their own story right. so i guess growing up in a school like that and having to stay late after hours waiting for waiting to get picked up you know i saw a lot of the let's say that school after hours it was a mm-hmm. lot of dark corners it was a lot of like mysterious creeks it was a lot of you know sometimes in broad daylight you know you kind broad of go broad daylight yeah, yeah. Like creepy stuff would happen in broad daylight too. Because I mean, just because there's sunlight doesn't mean you go into a place not al- like alone. You know, <laughs> there were there have been times you like walk into one of the grade school bathrooms mm-hmm. and you, you know, you go into the little cubicle, you lock the door and you, you hear someone go in after you yeah. go into the next one and you, you feel like there's someone there, you know, just using the bathroom and then you go out and it's completely open and there's no one there. Or you you feel like, you know, you're just about to see something in the mirror. So you just hightail it out of there. You don't want to be left alone in classrooms or go down dark hallways. The library is one of the quieter places. So you kind of stick to where you know an adult can see you if something goes wrong. <laughs> Things so can you- hide behind the shelves. You know, I guess it was a lot of... A- a lot of a 
overactive imagination as well. So not you never, helped by the surroundings. You never saw anything in school. I wouldn't say I see. I saw something. I don't really see things, but I feel the heebie-jeebies a lot. I don't know. It's weird because it's like I can, now I don't see anything, and I don't want to. Thank you very much. But I can walk into a room and just feel like something's not right. And, you know, it depends on how intense that feeling is. If it makes me just want to like 180 and get the hell out of there. Okay. Okay. So, you um, know, go, going to certain houses, certain old houses, you know, where the decor doesn't really help. Or, you know, old places on, on like on vacations and tours. Yeah, you get, you get bad vibes from certain things. I guess right. that's you, the best you have a, way to You have a spider it. sense for it. Yeah. Like, a t- like <laughs> sometimes I get that not so fresh feeling. Is this, is this limited to… Is this, is this, um, this, this, this not so fresh feeling? Is that limited to old historical places? Or does it… Not at all. Or even new places? Even new places that are like… I, well, I don't know what these places used to be. Like, I can walk into a, a, a room that's super brightly lit. And, you know, looks relatively new. But I would sometimes feel like something's not quite right here. Are there, are there any malls that we should be looking out for? Any restaurants <laughs> that you want to share for anyone who doesn't <laughs> want to have a supernatural experience with their meal? Well, these days, you're not supposed to be out mauling or eating out. So, Well, that's true. Just stepping outside is scary enough in itself. Yeah. <laughs> Okay. Okay. At the beginning of the program, you mentioned that something happened at your last recording. Um, (laughs) I don't like where that laugh is going. (laughs) Okay. So it's pretty creepy. And I guess you could say that that's the first experience that was immediately corroborated by someone and like completely undeniable. And I don't know if I've mentioned this off like before to you. Mm-hmm. Like have you mm-hmm. heard the story before? No. Okay. So you're in What am treat. I what am I listening to? So during the last season, um we focused on just interviewing people with third eyes because I okay. thought, hey, well, let's do a theme season. Right. And so we did. We got a couple of really kind folks to tell us their stories. Mm-hmm. And one of my guests, Richie, he's one of the episode, he's one of the guests who came on on during the third season. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, he's quite an experienced paranormal investigator. And basically his job was to like open and close third eyes. Okay. That's okay. like his specialty. And he's incredibly intuitive. So um, we were talking and actually that's one of the longest episodes I've ever done. It was like two hours or something. Mm -hmm. And at one point in that middle, in the middle of those two hours. So we're, we're on a, we're on a call on a discord call like this. And we're, you know, we're telling some stories. And from my view, he's seated in front of his camera and right behind him is the door to his room. And the door to his room has a mirror. So I could Mm -hmm. actually see like his back Mm -hmm. and, you know, basically his setup. So it was being reflected back. And that that door was the only point of entry that I knew of in his room. Mm -hmm. And so, all right. So we're telling some stories and that's the view. And then to basically to one side, there's a row of closets 
which then like ends at where the door is. And then on the other side of the door is, um, is his, is his bed. And then to the left of his bed is his, you know, a little side table. And at one point, um, a, a young lady um, just kind of leans into the frame from the very edge of the frame. And mm-hmm. it's a super like nondescript, like lady figure. I, at, at that point, it, it was the wearing, um, you know, Bambahe house shirt, like a white, right. a simple white shirt, you know, in a, in a low ponytail. Like she looked like maybe one of the house helpers or maybe someone in his home, you know. And she kind of just leaned in from the side of the frame, reached yeah. for something on the side table yeah. and fiddled with something for a bit mm-hmm. and then left. So it wasn't actually like her whole body was in the frame, but it was like she was just leaning in from the side. Mm -hmm. And so I could only really see her torso upwards. And she she reached for something and she left. And so at first when somebody like goes into frame and you don't expect, you're like, oh, whoa, what's that? And because you're talking about ghost stories, you're like, oh, jumpy. And then, you know, she seemed to be doing something rather like boring and run of the mill. So I was like, okay, maybe just someone, someone needed to just get something and knew that Richie was on a call so didn't want to be like a disturbance or disrupt anything so I was the vibe I got was very oh excuse me excuse me I'm just I just need to get this like one thing super fast and then like leaves right so okay we bounce back finish the rest of the call and we do our usual post call chat right and we're you know PV comes on 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 the call back on the call and you know, so we're both, we're all talking. And then I asked him like, hey, by the way, is there anyone else in your room? And he was like, um, yeah, my partner. And the thing is, I, I, I knew that his partner was a guy. Mm-hmm. And I did not see a guy. And he was like, why? Oh, I saw someone. It was a, it was a, it seemed like a young woman. Um, just kind of enter the frame and leave. Uh, like she she got something on your side table and then you know just just left and then PV goes I saw something too and do the same thing but it didn't look like that I also what saw I like? also saw a woman who was let's say a bit stockier in build wearing a striped shirt and cargo pants and like you know short cropped hair like a boy cut doing the exact same thing but looking completely different. And this time, this what he saw was the lady walked in front of the side table, opened the side table, got something, and then left. So, and we had kind of seen it at the exact same time because his video was still on throughout the call. And I kind of saw him react. So that kind of made me feel a bit better because, oh, he's seeing it too. I'm not crazy. So anyway, we go on. And so we were like, we saw something do exactly the same thing, but look very different. And then... Phoebe goes, out of curiosity, what does your boyfriend look like? You know, just in case he may look like that. <laughs> and, mm-hmm. and like, what is he wearing? Right. And he goes, um, my boyfriend is bald and wearing a sandal. Freaking A. So, and then I was like, oh, maybe there's, is there like another door to your room? No, the only door to my room is behind me. So if there was anybody else in this room, you would have seen them go in and out. So I was like, well oh, then. Wow. What was that? And so we're we're both like very shocked and like agog, like what on earth? 
And he goes, oh, you know, that's probably the white lady that lives in the Kalachuchi tree in the front of the house. You know, she's probably like intrigued at you guys, like what we were doing. <laughs> she's like, ooh, so like, conference call. Ooh, <laughs> what is this? But he said that it was very interesting that she had presented herself to look differently to both of us. And so he said, I'll ask her. I'll ask her like sometime after this. And then sometime after that call, Mm-hmm. I messaged him and I say, hey, did you ever get to ask the lady, the white lady that lives in the tree in front of your house, why she did that? Like why she showed herself and why she showed herself differently to both of us. And then he said, yes, I did. And apparently the reason was she wanted to see if she could be seen over video call, like over the, the internet. That was going to be my question. That was my next question. How's be like, I didn't know you could see them through a live stream. I didn't know either. But that was really freaky. And then apparently the reason was like Ate Girl was doing a tech test. <laughs> Let's see if this works. I don't you know, want to know. We're all on lockdown. I do not want to know what call she was planning to make. I don't know either. But like <laughs> maybe she's just trying to like innovate and work from home better. Oh, well… Good luck to the poor We've saps that she shows up for. Like, really, good luck to whoever she shows up to. Yeah, and then so he she, he asked her apparently why he showed herself as something different to both of us. Mm, and yeah. like she wasn't really super specific about it now. But he kind of surmised that she was just trying to show herself as a non-threatening image. Something that we would receive as a non-threatening image. So we wouldn't be like as disturbed. So for me, it was just like, oh, maybe it's like a helper just trying to get something. And for him, you know, just some random dude. Huh. So that's what happened during the last season. That was pretty freaky. And that was really, really tangible. Like, unfortunately, we don't have any video because we don't record video on the show. But I was pretty, we were pretty freaked out. We were pretty freaked out because that was one of the episodes that we were recording later on in the season. And like, because we were only talking to people with third eyes, mm-hmm. the stories were kind of of a different level. Like for the people who were telling us stories, it was very, you know, like matter of fact. And it's mm-hmm. not just like one or two incidents. It was more of like, this is my life. This is, you know, the things that happen to me on a daily basis. This is real to me. And I don't know, like, I guess it got real for us too. And Richie, the guy who were, we, we were interviewing for that episode, he kind of said, oh, I forgot to tell you guys that when I do this, when I talk to people about this, I like sometimes inadvertently also crack open their third eyes like a little bit. <laughs> and I was like, what do you mean? I've literally said so many times throughout our interview that I didn't want anything like that. And so Freaking he was like, well, don't, don't worry. You know, and he gave us this little like ritual to do to like just kind of clear the space. And then I, I actually asked him like, you know, we're, we're talking ghost stories and we're, we're asking people and we're talking about this actively. And it's been m- said many a time that the more you talk about these things, the more these things happen. Why are we so, talking about this? <laughs> I don't know. <laughs> I'm going to go bathe fun. in salt. I'm going to go bathe in some salt water. 
It's like one of those things that seem like a good idea when you're doing it. And then when you have to live with the after effects, you're all like, why did okay. I do that? Okay. That it's like watching my, this. That brings Sorry, me to my next question. Ahead. That brings me to my next question. Why did you start this podcast? You, <laughs> you tell the world that you're a scaredy cat at the beginning of every episode. Why, do you, why are you doing this? <laughs> I feel like I'm being chastised by my mom. <laughs> she literally said the same thing. Well, mom. <laughs> um, I don't know. I, I just for some reason, ever since I was a kid, I've really, really loved ghost stories. Um, mm-hmm. I remember like so very early on when I was dating PV, one of the things that I would like, you know, use as conversation starters is like, hey, you got a ghost story? Didn't help okay. that we were hanging out late at night in the parks where there was not a living soul. So okay. yeah, I don't okay. know. I just find it I just find it quite fun. And you know, I love like when you it's like when you go on a beach trip with friends or you know, you're 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 hanging out at someone's garage at night and mm-hmm. someone just goes, Hey, you got a ghost story? And then someone tells something and then another person goes, Hey, yeah, you know that thing happened to me too. And then they tell their own story and you know, it's it's like it's like fun and heebie-jeebie-ish. Okay. Until you know those times that it gets a bit too real, and then you're like, "Well, nope, 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 nope. Let's dial it back." I can imagine. Like another house nearby school, where I would also hang out after school. It's another old house. This one, it's like for some reason, I guess when you have um, elder people living in a house. It's a very, like, the mindset is very, if there's no one there, the light should be off because we should save electricity. Right. Which is a very practical thing to, to, to do. But of when course. your house is kind of, you know, has a lot of dark corners and, yep. you know, is, is dark, painted with dark wood, it's a lot of very, very creepy moments. And I remember the creepiest part of her house was always the stairs. And you kind of just felt like someone was always watching. Scary, scary. And yeah. And again, personally, I never saw anything. And, you know, when I was just over, I would just make sure to stick to that friend the whole time. Um, yes. And then just recently, uh, we were all in one of like a new moon with friends just catching up. And for some reason, this, the, the stories move to ghost stories. And that friend who lives in that house says, yeah, actually, there's something by the stairs. And I was like, yes, yes, there is. <laughs> I'm so glad you've confirmed I'm not insane. Okay. And sometimes she says, like, she sees a kid there with, you know, kind of like holding the the, the railing and just like with her head in the middle of the rails. Just looking Ugh. at people. Yeah, just, I, I, can't, yeah. I can't deal with dead kids. I'm sorry. I, I cannot. No, just… If they're kids, it's just so much creepier, no? I know. Because like, how long have you been a kid? Have you been there for long? Have you been a kid this entire time? Or are but, you not a kid and just presenting yourself as a kid? Okay, that just made it worse. <laughs> I'm sorry. <laughs> See, this is what I mean. My imagination gets me into a worse space than I started with. And okay. I guess, you know, like I'm really like… Suggestible? Is that even a word? Mm. Yeah, but okay. Let's get to that. Um, you said something about when you started. So I want to ask you now. Um, when you started, was there a point or a guest or a story? When did you realize that 
this was something worth pursuing. That this was a, not a bad idea to start this show. That it was something that you would want to continue. Actually, you know what? Like through seasons one and two, I was, <laughs> I never actually thought it was a bad idea. I was like, this is so great. It's like the best excuse to be uh-huh. able get told scary stories. You know, nice. it's fun. Nice. It's a way to make new friends because sometimes the guests who'd come on would just be referrals from people like, oh, this person has really great stories. You should have them come on. And so I'd be like, great. And then you just meet new people and it'd be pretty fun. And it's, you know, people kind of on the same wavelength or with the same interests. And the only time actually that I had doubts about whether mm-hmm. this was a good idea or not mm-hmm. was during the last season because especially since that episode had happened like leading up to that episode things were kind of getting creepy and sometimes when guests tell me stories I get the heebie-jeebies you know hair starts standing up and, yeah. you know you get shiver me timbers and stuff but right. during that season it was just happening so much more often and you know, that's the time where I would wake up in the middle of the night and just feel so uneasy and just mm-hmm. so, and it feels so unsettled. And then mm-hmm. that thing happened in, in that episode with Richie, where I was like completely, that was, that was really, really freaky because it was like the first actual experience that I had had, which was like undoubtable. It happened. Somebody else saw it. I'm not crazy. <laughs> and okay. I actually ended up afterwards telling my mom about it because it was such a it was such an event. And of course, my mom being very, very Catholic, she's like, you know, you should stop that. It's a bad idea. And she had brought it up to her sounds priest. Sounds like a mom. Yeah, sounds like a mom. Very irresponsible. Mm-hmm. She brought it up to her priest. And then her priest goes, I don't know what she's doing. But whatever she's doing, she should stop. Because mm-hmm. she's… Apparently, his term was she's being… She's becoming more open and she's becoming a beacon for things like this. And so, you know, that was actually the first time last season where I was like, is this a good idea? Am I, ask, am I asking for the very thing that I don't, like I mention over and over again that I don't want? So that was really the only time. And so I, I said, okay, after the season, I remember seasons two and three, I kind of did them in quick succession because of the lockdown and I was trying to keep really busy. So I said, okay, after the season, we'll just wrap it up and we'll take a, a long break, which is why we're only doing this next season now, a couple of good months after that. So and what? Yeah. Taking a break negated the ghosts? <laughs> Well, no, not really. But it was more of I I kind of stopped fanning the flames maybe. Or like, you know, telling more stories that would make the beacon brighter, so to speak. Right. Because apparently, right. well, you know, and this has been told to me several times. The more you do talk about them, the more like attracted they become to that energy. And so right. when I had actually finished that interview with Richie and I said, oh, this is really freaking me out. And he gave us that ritual. He said, he also said that, you know, it's all about your intention afterwards. You know, sometimes when you, when you do these sessions, like his advice was when you do these sessions, when you're done, you kind of just go, all right, you've had your fun. You, you, you know, you've listened in, but the show's over now. Exit to the right, please. There's the door. So you kind of just… I've been told to set that intention after every one of these interviews. That's good. That, 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 that is good. That, that's good advice. You, 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 
you, you, you've had the show. You've had dinner and a show. Uh, Please I leave. Think, See you next time. <laughs> well, I don't know if that, I, I think that might be the answer, but I'm going to ask it anyway. Um, what <laughs> has doing this show taught you? Or was that the answer? Um, what An interesting thing that I have learned is that there are a lot of similarities between some stories. And that has actually like kind of led me to believe that with these similarities happening to people who are, you know, not even related to each other at all, you know, or don't even know each other, there must be more ounces of truth to these images or these things that they see. Like, it can't be that common and not be completely untrue. When you talk so, about commonalities, what, what, what do you mean specifically? Like similar experiences or like note for note? Some. No, no. I mean, similar experiences, similar sightings, similar, um, you know, things that people would see. Like there's, there's always the image of a lady wearing white with long black hair. Right, um, right. There's an image sometimes, you know, in, in places that have a lot of historical trauma. There'd be a soldier. And, you know, that's that's definitely very present in our history everywhere. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, there would be, there's a lot of sleep paralysis and seeing things when you wake up. Dreams, scary dreams. You know, a, a lot of similarities on that note. And, you know, it's like, it's too much of a coincidence for it to be completely untrue. Mm-hmm. If so many people kind of experience similar things. Okay. So, I don't know. Is that even a valid piece of learning? And also, if as long as everybody has a good story to tell. And sometimes they just need a safe space or to just not feel crazy when they do tell it. Absolutely. And I think on that note, I think you may have found your niche. Um, (laughs) for, For all the spooks, creepy crawlies, Specters, poltergeist, and mm. other supernatural encounters out there. You, Grimcast, are that shoulder that they can cry on. <laughs> that people <laughs> can come to to share their ghost stories. And um, absolutely, congratulations on making it to your fourth season. Um, I know. <laughs> what I've am I doing? Fun. I've had fun listening to your stories and to your guest <laughs> stories. Some and of them I, have the craziest tales. Before we wrap up, I wanted to ask you, do you have anyone that stands out? You mean aside from your stories, Misha? No, I'm joking. <laughs> <laughs> oh, I don't know. My stories mm. are most mostly, you know. Anybody who stands out in all the seasons. Like, huh. what's the one story you got to tell? Like, whenever people, whenever you're with people, you're like, oh my God, you will not believe what I heard. This one episode. I know. It, it's weird because it's like all… I've heard so many stories in the course of doing this. And it's not mm-hmm. just one story in one episode. It's like a bunch of stories from a single person, right? Mm-hmm. And… Mm-hmm. Um, oh, okay. No, no, no. I remember. I remember now. This is the one that really got me creeped out the most. And it was during the last season. Holy okay. cow. I'm getting shivers just remembering it. But, oh, I, I, I um, thought it was about a ghost cow. Okay, continue. <laughs> <laughs> a ghost cow. How would that work out? You just bl- see black know. and white splotches floating. I don't know. Scary Going beef. Moo, hearing or a phantom bell. <laughs> written in blood on the wall. Got milk. <laughs> <laughs> a very threatening notice to drink your milk. 
But anyway, so it was it was actually I think the first episode of last season. Okay. It was with my friend RM and mm-hmm. she lives in Baguio. Oh. Her house like she lives in Baguio. Her house is one of those old lovely houses in Baguio, lots of wood, no. the whole Baguio feel. Oh no. And, and apparently like it runs in her family and her house is just like there's so much stuff going on in there that they have names for their ghosts. And like their whole family is so used to it that, oh yeah, it's the thing. Oh yeah, it's the kid. Oh, it's the lady. And she was telling me about this one ghost that they call the crawler. And it she's never seen Bloody it personally, hell. but she's good. heard of people. Thing. Yeah, yeah, it's a good thing. But she's never seen it personally because it's oh it's in a it's in a room in their house that she never sleeps in. Because it's like on the other side or something. And she's had family members. You know, sometimes when family members come over, they just sleep in some of the other rooms. And, you know, they're all kind of squeezed in. And her aunt was sleeping in the room. And then Mm -hmm. her aunt had woken up in the middle of the night and then saw something, went back to sleep. And then the next day goes and tells her, Boy, you were so nice and considerate last night. You were crawling on the floor over people just so we wouldn't wake up. It's so nice of you. And then she was just like, no, I wasn't. No, no, no one was. Well, no, she didn't tell her aunt. But, you know, it wasn't her. But like in the back of her head, no, that wasn't me. And then apparently this crawler likes crawling up walls too. Fuck me sideways. Okay. Yeah. (laughs) <laughs> yeah, that that one was like the creepiest. That really was like that ain't right. Well, we're sleeping right. with the lights on tonight, <laughs> and all nights, <laughs> and all nights. But yeah, that one was the one that was like particularly. Oh wow, that was so creepy. <laughs> okay, so before we close off, what can we expect from season four? Season four, very interestingly, is now. Kind of becoming like season three, where it turns out the people I've been talking to also have third eyes. Um, I've only recorded like two other episodes and it turns out that they do have third eyes. And funnily enough, they know each other and I didn't know that they did. They know each other. They're both ballerinas and they've actually like in different episodes corroborated each other's stories. So (laughs) that was pretty interesting. It's a small world. Okay. Yeah, and uh, I've got a couple of other people lined up. So I guess just more creepy stories in the heebie-jeebies. If, you know, I do get to record one episode, there's going to be like stories about Teacher's Camp and Baguio, you know, like kind of well-known places where with the creepy things going on. Misha shaking his head and just being like, nope. <laughs> yep, nope, 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 nope. <laughs> so yeah, I guess that's what you, you can expect. More creepy tales, more hair-raising ghoulishness, all set to drop on Halloween, which should be today. So happy Halloween, everybody. Happy Halloween. <laughs> okay, I think our time is just about up. Um, thank you, Antoinette, for being a wonderful guest on your own show. On my own show. <laughs> <laughs> but um, thank you for um, sharing a little bit about how this show came to be, 
where it's headed and um, some of your favorite moments. And also, thank you for providing everybody out there uh, with a scary story to tell, a platform from which they can tell it. <laughs> um, Beloved and respected by all. Charles. <laughs> all right. So if you want to hear more of those kinds of stories, you can check out the first three seasons of Grimcast wherever podcasts are found. And season four should be kicking off with this episode. This has been Grimcast Manila with your temporary host, Misha. And of course, our guest and your regular Scaredy Cat host, Antoinette. Woohoo! Grimcast Manila is a podcast of creepy stories from around the metro and is produced, recorded, and distributed by Big Baby Studios. Find out more about the other shows on Big Baby at itsabigbaby.com or facebook.com slash bigbabystudios. Hey! <laughs>